This is yet another introduction from your big boy Wolfie. Hello to anyone out there that is listening. I'm glistening live here from 694.2 PTBP. Recorded live in front of a studio audience. Um, live in front of my, my producer, at least. Uh, producer don't seem to talk too much these days, though. Speaking of my possibly deceased producer, we got a new Howlin' with Wolf this week. Who's delivering these to me? This week's Howlin' with Wolf is from Big Danny Dan Dan, who tweeted about the show and tagged at Pretending Pod, which is a top-notch internet move in my opinion. They write, Hey friends, just wanted to say thank you so much for the great work you put into this pod. It has brought me an immense amount of joy and comfort. Zach, your world building and storytelling is top class. Justin, your music is absolutely on point. And to our dear PCs, your characters always manage to accentuate the absurdity that is human nature just right. P.S. To everyone, winter is coming. Love each other and remember your vitamin D. Also, to whom it may concern, your tea is getting cold. Love, Big Danny Dan Dan. Well, hello, Big Danny Dan Dan. The only pod I know about is the ones from which my spawn will hatch out of. Millions of tiny baby wolves, many-limbed and frothing at the mouth, hungry for father's special malk. They will probably devour us all rather quickly when the birthing concludes. But as I posted on my dating app profile, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. But also, what the fuck is time anyway? If you want to howl at your wolf, tag us on the internet or write a five-star review and shoot us an email. All the links are in the show notes. It takes like two minutes tops. Fuck. And if you're sitting on the toilet or trapped by a sleeping pet right now, you have absolutely no excuses. Get on it. Wolf can and will wait. But only like barely, cause it's time to get scary. I don't want to be gruff or forward, but I would do weird stuff to Scott Dorward. Those who would love to are not alone. It's time for kudzu with no backbone. So, you're there at the doorway of what you presume is Aston Hawks' laboratory. It is dark inside, there is that sound of something perhaps moving in liquid towards the back. There are indistinct shapes in the gloom, but there really isn't enough light to work out what anything is. Uh, do you guys want me to run away and tear again, uh, just in case you want to recheck your pockets with another luck roll for those flashlights? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Frederick Mellon is a seasoned burglar and has worked in the dark many, many times and has learned to rely on his keen sense of ears 
as well as smell. Um, and so he is going to try to really dig past his inability to see, uh, to make out anything else that's going on in this room. Yeah, give us a daredevil roll. Carl's going to check his pockets to see if he has a lighter in there. Okay, well, give me a luck roll. Seven. You're all right. On the yeah. 20. You do have your trusty old Zippo in there. I see Frederick making some weird faces, like <laughs> sniffing around and trying to hear, and I <laughs> flip that on. I'm like, this this might help. I passed my listen roll, so I hear the lighter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But also, yeah, that listen roll does help you identify where that sound is coming from. And sure enough, as you've got a bit of light in there, and it's a lighter, so it's not lighting up the whole room, but as Dr. Rothstein makes his way in a bit, you can make out details, and you can see a glint at the back of glass and metal, and you reckon the sound you heard of something moving in liquid came from back there. And in the little bit of light you have, it looks, well, maybe not quite like a fish tank, but certainly there's more metal on it than a fish tank. But there's glass windows, and it definitely looks like some kind of large tank that's holding liquid. But you can also make out that there are a number of workbenches that have got all sorts of equipment on them, including more of these cylinders and... um, forceps and gloves and aprons and stuff like that. Frederick Mellon will grab a pair of forceps. Good. Yeah, we should stock up on all of those. Um, <laughs> all those things. Uh, a forcep and a canister for for every man. <laughs> <laughs> Do we see any, any light fixtures? Yeah, there are a number of light fixtures. There is also something that looks like a an electrical wiring loom with all sorts of equipment and yeah, you're not quite sure initially what it is. I mean, maybe with a bit of time, Dr. Rothstein could work it out. But what looks like some fairly complicated electronics just covering an entire part of the wall on this loom. And there is a big knife switch that's there and a few controls. The other thing that attracts your attention is the floor. The floor is flagstoned, but there is this big ring of metal of some kind, maybe copper, that seems to have all these strange carvings and designs in it that is connected up somehow to this electrical loom. Are the workbenches um, all outside of that? Yes. Or does it kind of run around the room indiscriminately? Okay. No, it's it's a circle that's within the center of the room. All the other equipment, everything else is outside that circle. Cool, yeah. Hey, Luke, what's Carl Rothstein's electrical repair? 60%. Dope. I was hoping it was higher than mine because I actually pulled 50 in it because I thought Frederick Mellon might have uh, like cut people's power when he went to rob them, you know, gotten adept at handling that kind of stuff. But then I was like, oh, no, what if I put my electrical repair higher than the physicist? <laughs> Did you? No. This uh, this copper circle, is there anything on the ceiling directly above it? No, it's just on the floor. Good question. But I mean, Dr. Rothstein in particular can work out fairly quickly, I guess, that there is no power source in this room, but obviously you saw those cables going off to the other outbuildings. 
and you know, yeah. it, it probably makes sense to you that those must be external generators. Uh, Rothstein, we uh, we heard about uh, some kind of portal. Do you think this here is that? I mean, if anything was a portal, that would be it. <laughs> Don't you believe? It is very portal-y. I mean, if, when you think of portal, you think of that, don't you? I don't have a, a, a great uh, sci-fi horror frame of reference uh, at this point in history. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, this might not be science fiction. This is real life, so I, I didn't know. I just, the, the answer to my question is yes, it looks like a portal. I think it is. Frederick Mellon is like standing in the middle of it and he's like, oh, this? And then he like jumps out of the middle of the circle back on the other side. I believe those, there might be generators on the outside. Uh, should we try to turn the power on? Uh, no, absolutely not. We should try to destroy the generators. That way the power can't ever be turned on. Unless we're trying to send these things back to I where they came from. I thought we were going to send them it. back. No, I think we just light them on fire. Oh, sending them back would be much more fun. Uh, while this conversation is going Rock, on, paper, Nathaniel wants to walk back further toward the tank and inspect it a little closer. Okay. Well, you're obviously now moving outside the penumbra of Rothstein's lighter, so it's fairly dark. Oh, right. But, yeah, you get back there and... Yeah, there is some kind of dark liquid, probably water, maybe not, inside this tank. And in the the little bit of light you have, you can just make out shapes moving within it, including one fairly large one. Are the shapes roughly like the bugs I've seen before, or is it a wholly new thing to me? There's... Well, I'll tell you what, give me a spot hidden as you're doing this in... Uh, the gloom. I pass a seven on a 25, 25. So, yeah, you can see that a few of the things that wriggle past do look like the specimens that you saw earlier, uh, albeit larger versions. But there is something in that tank as well. You can't really make out the details a bit, but from the size and shape of it, it looks... No, it it looks very, very different, paler and larger, and there are sort of tendrils coming off it. Oh, I had, I I turn around and announce to the guys they uh, it looks like maybe they uh, they keep them here swimming around or something. Uh, there's a there's another one. There's a there's a th- another thing in there. I don't I don't know if it if it's like insects in the, in our in in our world. It's uh. Maybe it's Queen or something. It's uh... As he's pointing behind him, uh, Thomas Dolan dramatically flips on the lights. And nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I lost rock, paper, scissors, so we're going to try to turn this thing on and send these things back to where they came from. So I guess we get ready to push over the tank into the big old copper circle. And then two of us go to the generator rooms, flip on the switches on the count of 50. And then, you know, the two left inside here push over the fish tank into the into the circle. And then we'll turn it back off. Sure. I have no objections to this plan. I, I, 
I think it's an okay plan. I, I, we don't know a lot about this portal. We could turn it on and they come flooding out at us. I don't know if it's how it works. I, I think it's worth a shot. That's, uh, let's push that tank over. I'm too weak to do it. So I, I have to be one of the ones working the electric city, which I have some experience with. Uh, so if they do come flooding out, that's a risk I'm willing to take. Rostine, <laughs> let's go. Sweet. Perfect. Coombs, do you think you can push this tank over on your own? I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured instead of counting to 50, I could I could be somewhere in the middle and I could let out a note on my fiddle and everybody uh, works together at the same time. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. But I could also be there standing by the tank with you. Well, we'll know when the lights come on, I guess, that they did their part, and then we tip the tank over. We could even have, once they get the generators going, they could just join us back in here. It's, a, it's We still got to flip a switch on the machine, right? Oh, we want to be ready to turn off the generators, right? We just turn the flip the switch back off. Right. The portal switch seems to be in here. Okay. I'm going to stick with this confidence that we have, that we know what's going on <laughs> with this. <laughs> And be like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. All right, let's go. What? Do you think we're going to fuck up and doom all humanity? Like, come on. <laughs> I doubt like, it. Nothing venture, nothing game. People like us don't have the power to change human history. They've told us that over and over our entire lives they've let us know. I mean, my entire life. For you guys just recently. But <laughs> we're not the ones who are here to, like... Shake up the system. How old are you? I'm like 27. (laughs) I'm 44. (laughs) No, my character sheet says old. (laughs) So Frederick Mellon the first is firing up the generators, is that right? At least one of them. Okay, and... I can do both now that we're not doing it at the same time. Sure. Yeah, it's not like a pressure plate puzzle or anything, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't take much to fire up the generators. You can see there are a few drums of diesel there as well, so... But but there seems to be enough fuel in there that you you fire up the generators. And then, yeah, the lights inside the laboratory start flickering on. It takes a minute for Melon to come back because he's going to roll one of those tanks uh, of diesel okay. back to the lab. Sure. Just in case we all need to die in a horrible conflagration. I get you. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, but for the rest of you, once the lights are on, you can see yeah, much better what's inside here. As I said, this fairly complex wiring loom with all sorts of weird stuff going on in there. There are the workbenches with odd bits of equipment you also see that there is a um, a journal, uh, or at least a notebook of some kind, on the bench as well. The tank, you get a better idea now. Pulling it over is going to be difficult because it is bolted to the stone wall. <laughs> the things moving around inside, yeah, most of them do look like this thing that... Casper uh, Brink had referred to as Species 17. There's something else, though. This larger thing. There's something about it that reminds you of a monkey in the shape of it. But maybe a monkey that's been turned inside out. And it's it's floating there in the water. Yeah, it, its limbs do look more like tentacles than arms. It's just floating placidly in the middle of all this. Let's have a sanity roll off Dr. Coombs as he was the one taking an interest <laughs> in the, the contents of the tank. 
taking an interest in the inside out monkey. <laughs> uh, I fail a uh, 93 on a 32. Okay. So Ooh. you lose a D4. One. Okay. But yeah, I think the rest of you hear Dr. Coombs just cry out in alarm as the lights are, you know, the lights come on. And basically, you know, he's been standing there trying to stare into this tank. And all of a sudden, he gets a really good look at what's on the other side of the glass and just staggers back and lands heavily on the ground. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's such a good shot. <laughs> Dr. Austin is now in a position to actually get a better look at some of this equipment. There's also, like I say, this journal, this, oh, this leather-bound volume, at least, that's sitting on the workbench. What, are we going to read the journal like a bunch of nerds? Let's just flip the switch. <laughs> Luke, I think your mic is off. Okay. Ah, Can you hear me I now? thought you were quiet. Yep. <laughs> that makes yeah, more sense. that's much better. Rothstein is going to go inspect, like, the switch for what he thinks is the portal and then is that book near here, that journal? Yeah, yeah, it's just by all this wiring gloom. Yeah, I'm going to look around and I see that and I'm going to open it up and read from the start, see what's in it. Yeah, I mean, there's too much here for you to read through quickly. I mean, you, you can skim it just to try to pick out the pertinent points. Yeah. It's written in English, which isn't your first language. So if you're skimming it and trying to dig out the meaning, let's have a read English roll off you. I do not pass a 95 on a 50. Oh, Luke, your mic's off. Maybe roll again and uh, tell us what you... Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, you're skimming through, but it's, I mean, it's going to take you a bit more time to make sense of this. You could just sort of try to ignore the the others around you and just really focus on digging this and push the roll. But, I mean, you know, th there's always the chance that you'll just catastrophically misunderstand what it's saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push the roll. Yay. <laughs> I look over at them and uh, I'm going to read this You got, while you guys work on the, the fish tank. And then I rolled a four. Nice. Yeah! Oh. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I wish you would have failed it, but <laughs> so do I. <laughs> yeah, the DMs would. Can we spin luck to fail the roll? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to spin 16 luck. <laughs> Zach's like, can or, I no, spend I my luck enough. to nerf his numbers? <laughs> <laughs> I've got 70, so I can make it a pretty bad <laughs> fail. Yeah. <laughs> When Frederick Mellon the first comes back to the laboratory, obviously Dr. Rostein has got his nose in the book. Dr. Coombs is still sitting there on the ground looking at the fish tank in terror. What's what's Dolan doing? Dolan is probably pacing around kind of nervously and just trying to pitch in wherever he can. But I bet his anxiety is like, Doc, uh, other Doc, uh, are you ready over there? Well, are we going to do this? Are we going to... What's going on? Shh, what are we, what are we I'm reading. Do By the way, the other thing that you've noticed, um, that Frederick Mellon the first has noticed as he comes back towards the laboratory, is as you've turned the generator on, a few of the lights, not all of them, but a few of the lights in the main building have come on as well. I was wondering yeah. about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little roll for him real quick just to see. He looks up at the lights and he's really drawn... He loves stealing, like, uh, from rich people specifically, and so he really wants to go up there, but better judgment says, 
Ah, okay. Let me at least check in with the boys. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> uh, I, I rolled intelligence and I passed. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, then you make your way back to the laboratory and you see all that other stuff going on. Can I, from the ground now, shocked by the creature, but I also, can I notice the bolts? And then, oh yeah, we uh we gotta we gotta find a wrench, guys. That this thing's bolted to the wall. Okay, I'll go find one. I'll be right back. Well, uh, Freddie, Freddie, hold on. We <laughs> maybe <laughs> we should pursue other options. Can't you just break it? Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna suggest. What if we what if we break it and we create some kind of channel or funnel uh, directly into the center of the portal? You know, just some planks or whatever that run to it. How big is this room? Uh, the room is about, yeah, about 10 meters in diameter, and it's, it's up against the wall. The The ring in the floor is fairly large. It doesn't take up the whole room by any means, but yeah, I mean, there's still a few meters between the tank and the, the ring in the ground. So if it were to tip over, it would tip over into the ring? Um, or at least just up to the edge of it, yeah. Perfect. I'm a little worried about our plan now that we've seen that thing and I point to the creature in the glass that that's that looks that looks a little a little more uh, mobile and and dangerous it, it's got it's got oh, it's just a monkey and, it's just floating there it's having a good time it's a happy monkey that's what makes me not want to just break the glass right you know? P- picture breaking the glass and then um, letting a monkey out into this room that would not be good I'd like to have a monkey friend I don't <laughs> monkeys are horrifying Haven't you seen the moving pictures? I think you could probably make a lot of money with a monkey act. (laughs) Two around, train your monkey. That's opportunity right there. (laughs) Maybe that's how all those men became faceless. We should probably let the doc read his book and see what he finds out before we make any moves. Well, while he's reading, we can at least unscrew it. What if it desperately needs to stay where it is? (laughs) (laughs) Is the... uh Floating monkey creature, is it? Are its eyes open? Eyes? What eyes? <laughs> <laughs> are you reading anything good in the funnies there, Doc? Yeah. So, what Doc Rothstein is picking up from the book is you do remember Dr. Hawkes was obsessed with the work of another physicist or an inventor who had also. Well, not vanished, but died under mysterious circumstances a little over ten years ago. Um, a man called Crawford Tillinghast. And he'd mm-hmm. created some kind of device that would shape human perceptions and allow people to see uh, through to other dimensions of reality. But what Hawkes seems to have done is taken the subjectivity out of the Tillinghast resonator and created what he refers to as the Hawkes device which creates much the same effect but in objective reality rather than it just being an individual who perceives it because of the changes to their pineal gland that it does actually reshape an area of reality so that it shifts through the dimensions Hey Scott Hmm? Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but you think 
from having flipped through this journal that you do have a better idea now of how to operate the Hawks device. That, yeah, your initial surmise was correct. That the ring in the floor does seem to be containment uh, for this hole or whatever it is that's being ripped through reality. From some of the later entries, though, as you flick through the whole thing, there are some worrying indications. Oh, that, now, that's another thing. The Up to about eight years ago, the entries in this were being written by Aston Hawks. They changed hands, though, and the later entries are all written by someone else. You're not quite sure who. And the indication is that in recent weeks, as they've been going on their fishing expeditions, pulling things through from these higher dimensions, the containment from that ring on the floor is failing. <sighs> we were right, right um, but uh, it may not be working as intended. So maybe, like, uh, the best idea is, is kind of what Dr. Nate was saying earlier, and what if we just shove it in real quick and then shut it off, and hopefully nothing breaks containment uh, in that short amount of time. I like it. It seems like a good experiment. Do we get the sense that if we did get it unbolted from the wall, would we be able to do what we're thinking of? Do yeah. we feel like we could push this tank? In fact, you know, the, the whole thing looks unwieldy enough that you know, if, if you unscrewed it from the wall, it would probably do most of the falling over work itself. Okay. Perf. Consider it unscrewed. Well, uh, with the tools you've got there, let's have a mechanical repair roll off one of you just to see whether you can do this in an orderly manner. I'll do it. What do you have? 70 luck. <laughs> I have a 50 mechanical repair. Yeah, I've got a 40. I have a 20. But I feel good. You feel good? Yeah, and, and I mean, Dr. Rothstein is still busy reading the journal. Right, So that's I mean, this is what the others are doing while you're doing that. All right. Uh, 54. So I'll spend 34. Okay. At first, I mean, obviously this has been bolted into the wall for some time, and at first it's fairly rusty, so you're having to put a bit of brute force in there, and a few of the times the, the spanner slips and you know, things judder in an alarming manner, but you do manage to just keep it under control. And you're getting down to the last few bolts. The thing is, like I say, I mean, it's not very well balanced, and it seems to be pulling itself away from the wall at this stage. And if you remove the last few bolts at this stage, it is going to come crashing down. Wait for it. All right. Holding on dearly. Docs, respectively, Freddy's Freddy's ready over here. Or ready to, to flip the switch. Should I what they call turn me. it on? I'm going to go to a workbench and make sure that I have a pair of forceps and a metal canister handy, ready, just in case. Grab the big one foist. I'm, uh, I, 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 think, I, I think I'm ready. I think, I think I'm ready. And then... Let's have a physics roll, first of all, or um, electrical repair, whichever is higher, uh, from Dr. Rothstein, just to operate the machinery based on what you've read. Okay, my physics is 70. Okay. Woo! And I got a 22. Nice. Woo! So hard success. So yeah, you, you've you've picked up enough from this book that this, this is all fairly simple. And you can see that, yeah, uh, perhaps... 
you know, whoever's been working on the journal since then has perhaps got some of the settings slightly wrong, or at least you, you hope that you're not compounding the problem as you make a few changes. But then, if you're ready to, to do the deed, uh, are you just pulling down the knife switch to activate it once you've got everything set up? Uh, that's what I was going to do. So okay. if that's what I've gotten from the book, then... Then you do that, and... Yeah, there is this sparking, and the metal ring of the ground starts glowing. And almost immediately, it's like a heat haze, something rising from the ground. Where you were looking across the room before, now, in the centre of the room, in that ring, there is something else. There is a shifting landscape, maybe? I mean... Your eyes and brain are trying to make sense of it, and you know it sort of makes sense to try to imagine it as a landscape, but that doesn't really work. There are certainly shapes there and things that are moving, all sorts of strange things. Some of them small, some of them large. It is perhaps like looking into a fish tank or some kind of display of deep sea creatures, and. There are perhaps, you know, some like the creature you've seen before. There are other things that are larger, that look more predatory, that are shifting around. Some of them have eyes, some of them have other sensory organs. And there is the uncomfortable feeling that as you're looking at them, they're starting to look at you as well. Let's have sanity rolls off everyone. It's (laughs) waking! It's waking! Hell yeah. I fail with a 90 again. I think I've rolled 90s on all of my sanity rolls. <laughs> 31 I failed. on a 34. Pass. I pass with a 13. So it was Melancombs. Okay, so can each of you lose a d6, please? Whew. Come on, baby. I lost three. Five. <laughs> so, all right, Dr. Coombs. I mean, he's shaken, but at least he's not out of his his right mind at the moment sort of jumps back from the circle and bumps up against one of the workbenches knocking tools off and uh you know but but he is composing himself melon on the other hand needs to make an intelligence roll frederick melon so smart 24 on a 60. yeah at this stage all good sense has left your mind you are panicking you just need to you know, you've misjudged this whole situation you need to get out of here as quickly as possible the the problem is that you know in your panic you can't see a way out of here there was that thing that Rossley mentioned before about containment that is failing and as you're looking around yeah you can see that this isn't just contained within this circle you can see that there's ripples in the air all around that you're there trapped at the back of the room how the hell are you going to get out of here without falling into this and getting lost forever how are you going to get get out of this alive frederick mill in the foist as he's doing what he was meant to do which was to like push this this big aquarium over instead turns and is trying to claw through the stone behind him and falling to the ground kind of like claws down into the floor trying to to escape like a like a rat trapped in a heated up metal bucket stuck on a snitch's belly nice 
Can you give me a luck roll, please? I can. Uh, 32 on a 36. Oh, oh dear. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you are, you are just clawing. Oh, no, I misread that. It's actually a 100. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, Classic mistake. So, it's a 100, is it? <laughs> No, I passed. You passed. <laughs> okay. So no, you're there on the floor. You're, you're clawing away, and you jog the tank for a moment, and it creaks and almost comes away from the wall, but doesn't quite. And there's bits of the liquid sloshing down the side, dripping on the ground. And you can hear something above as you jostle the tank. There, there's you, you saw that there's some kind of metal hatch on the top, and there's something you're convinced now that's just slamming against the tank, just slamming against the hatch, trying to force it open from the inside. You know, it, it knows you're out there. It's it it's clearly coming for you. <laughs> oh my god! That was. <laughs> Scott, we'll we'll send you a clip of that um, because the video slowed you down so intensely. I, did you guys see what I saw? Yes. Slowed you down so intensely as you're describing, and then there at the end, it sped you up. So it's like, and then he's coming for you. <laughs> nice. It was really great. <laughs> oh. oh, anyway. Boy. So, what's everyone else doing while Frederick is losing his shit? Do we notice that? Right. Do we see something happening to him? I mean, he is, yeah, clearly just panicking. I mean, you can see him. He's down on his hands and knees. He's actually beneath the tank now, just clawing away at the ground. Uh, from my point in the room, can I? would I be able to get to one of those bolts? One of the last remaining oh, sure. bolts? Yeah. I would like to try and do that while I'm yelling out to Frederick. Frederick, get it together. We got to we got to finish this. Now is not the time for this. Frederick is now under the tank. So, oh, as in if it comes off the wall it'll crush him. <laughs> There's a chance. Glass isn't that dangerous. <laughs> if he's under it, he might be in the safest place, you know. A lot of this seems to be made of metal. Actually, I mean, it, it probably has occurred to Dr. Rothstein that the metals in this room, none of them seem to be ferrous metals. They they mostly seem to be aluminium. Which makes sense because science. <laughs> well, that means they're non-conductive, right? Or magnetic, yeah. Yeah, Rothstein doesn't even think to mention it because he's it's like, so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If let's say that there were like two bolts left, he's loosening. I'm I'm trying to get one of them loosened also. Dolan is is running over to help Coombs. So yeah, I mean between the two of you, you can get the last two bolts off. Are you getting Freddy to safety before you do this, or are you just taking your chances and hoping the tank doesn't crush him? <laughs> 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 you know, ideally, we get Freddy out of there. But, uh... Yeah, I'll try and get him out. I'll try to get him out. That's for sure what Nath Nathaniel Coombs would do. Boo! Yeah, it's part of his bio. He's He, 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 would, he would try to help. <laughs> Which frees Dolan to focus on the tank. Well then, for Dr. Coombs, give me a strength roll just to see whether you can drag him to safety before this thing comes crashing down. Okay. I fail a 95 
you've got hold of him, but he's he's just pulling away too hard. And you can see that Dolan's got just about the last bolt out. You can try pushing the roll, but that means that means that you're not going to get free either if this comes crashing down before you do so. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Sedgwick, they said it was Sedgwick. Sedgwick was the one who was taking over, but he was, he was, he's not the closer. He's not the closer. He can't close it. He can't contain it. It's not Kira. It's just not Kira. I'm going to, I'm going to push the roll. I'm going to try it. Nice. I fail. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, Dolan can see that Coombs is just pulling Melon to safety, just getting him out of the way as you're taking this last bolt out. And you think you're free and clear just to get the last bolt. And then just as you get it clear, Melon pulls Coombs back in the path of all this just as it comes toppling down. So what I will do is I'll give both Coombs and Melon the chance to do a dodge roll just to roll clear as this tank comes crashing down. Thank you. I pass. I got a 14 on a 35. Nice. I got a 55 on a 50. Uh, So I'm going to spin five luck. Nice. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Hey. So you both just managed to roll clear as the tank comes crashing down. And the glass shatters, liquid comes pouring out the front, and these things come flopping and wriggling out from all over the place. Let's have luck rolls off the two of you as you're both down on the ground beside this to see whether any of the creatures take an interest in you. Dot nine. I fail a 40 on a 25. So Dr. Coombs, as he's lying there on the ground, trying to get his breath, having just rolled out of the way, sees just the tail end of one of these spiny creatures disappearing into his side and wriggling inside him. Mm. Oh, Doc. I got, I got one in me. I got one in me. Don't worry too much, Doc. Obviously... You know, there's the fellow in the woods and probably a few back on the camp. Uh, we're going to have to do this whole process at least one more time. So we can get that one out of you. <laughs> Dr. Rothstein is obviously trying to maintain the containment as best he can, I guess. Yeah, he, once it uh, got flipped on, was just awestruck by it, and he remembers the conversations that he had had with with Hawk about stuff like this, and he's just amazed that it's right there in front of him. Mm. And then he hears a giant crash and focuses on, like, maintaining the portal. So far, the containment... Seems to be okay. I, you do notice that you can't actually see the ring in the ground anymore, and that every now and then, out of the corner of your eye, you can see just shifts in the air around you, as if you know it's not all just happening within the center of the room. That freaks him out a little bit, but he, I guess, kind of still skimming through the book, looking for any notes about how to change it or anything. 
Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of ideas in there, but it looks like whoever's been writing these notes has changed his mind so often that, yeah, it's it's proving, yeah, not very useful. Uh, yeah, whoever it is who's been maintaining Hawkes' work since then does not seem to really fully grasp how all this works. I'm gonna start helping throw worms into it, into the center then. <laughs> okay. Then, let's put this down then to whichever one of you would like to make a dex roll who's busy throwing these things in, just to see how long it takes you to wrangle all these creatures and, and throw them into the center. I've got a 50. I've got a 50. I've got a 70. Would I be able to take part in this? Uh, Yeah, I assume you're all just throwing these creatures in. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's have Dr. Coombs do it. I pass a 58 on a 70. Okay, that's good. Because what you notice as you're throwing the creatures in is that the other creatures you can see within the zone or whatever it is that's being created and it's difficult to read their intentions like you would animals because you can't really hear them and they don't necessarily behave in the same way but you're seeing what you consider to be perhaps some kind of flock behavior or certainly the kind of behavior you might see in birds or fish or whatever that are beginning to look agitated and, and moving in formation away from maybe some approaching predator. Oh, 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 oh shit. What's, uh, what's Inside Out Monkey doing? Did he get into the portal already? It's f- just flopping on the ground at the moment. It, yeah, it, it's, it's bigger. <laughs> so it's, it's just, yeah, it, it doesn't look like it's very mobile outside of a liquid environment. I'm trying to kick it into the center. You're kicking it into the center. Oh, okay, good. Right, then... (laughs) (laughs) You love to see it. Okay, as you kick it, it doesn't seem very happy about this, and it lets out what you think is probably a scream of pain. Or at least... That's what you get for the first couple of seconds of it. But the sound, it does something to your brain as you hear it, and you can just hear or feel your brain just shutting down in response to this this sensory overload that's coming out of this pained creature. Yeah, I would like everyone to make power rolls, please. Sixty-six on a forty. I failed seventy-nine on a forty. I passed with a thirty-four on a forty. Extreme pass, ought to. Okay, so two of you are just—you're having to fight through this pain and confusion, and uh, you can see that your two companions have just dropped to the ground and are just sitting or lying there, looking vacantly as this thing sings or screams or whatever but yeah i with, with that i mean you've got enough time that if you want you can just you know finish the job of kicking it in or shoving it in through the uh through the barrier guys you should try kicking it 
<laughs> uh, Frederick Mellon will kick it. Okay, and and with a good punt, then yeah, it goes well, not quite sailing through the air. It's a bit big for that, but you manage to shove it, and as it disappears into the the center of the room, then the sound stops. Your two companions, however, are still sitting on the ground looking quite glassy-eyed. I'll kick them. (laughs) I want to approach Carl, because he's the one who's running this machine. He's going to be the one that we need to turn it off. So I'm I'm rushing over to him and maybe, like, shaking him by the shoulders. Carl! Carl, are you with us? We're going to need you to turn off this machine here pretty soon. And Carl is not responding in the slightest. I am going to grab forceps and try to pull the creature that went into Coombs earlier and then put it into Rothstein. <laughs> okay. That's big brain, Zach. So, yeah, you, you grab the forceps and you did see where the creature went in. So, Coombs, remember earlier we learned that they, they do the power, they suck it out of you, your body. We gotta get the one that went in when you screamed earlier. We gotta get it out of you. We gotta put it in Rothstein. That way his eyes come back from the glassiness, okay? Just long enough for him to turn off the machine, right? Then we get it out of him, too, right? Joy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And I, I hold my arms up, give, giving him ample uh, angle. Yeah, sure enough, you start fishing around inside the now molten flesh of Dr. Coombs sticking sticking your forceps in through his side and just digging around until you grab hold of something that you maybe hope isn't his pancreas and start pulling (laughs) (laughs) I got it so um for Dr. Coombs can you roll Can you roll a D3 twice, please? This could be very, very bad for you. (laughs) I got a one. Okay. And a three. Okay. (laughs) So you lose 10 points of power and you lose 30 luck. That's more luck than I have. Does that matter? Or it just goes to zero. You die instantly. Your, your, your luck is now zero. So your <laughs> your group luck roll now is zero. Just just putting that out there. <laughs> Perfect. Kick him into the circle. I just wanted to get that pressure <laughs> off you, Thomas. That's all. I, that's all that was. <laughs> You're a good friend, Joe. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, you can sort of see some of the life draining out of Doctor Coombs as you drag this screaming, thrashing creature out of him. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, his skin definitely looks drier and flakier, and he just looks older somehow. Oh, that one got a lot. He's about to crumble. (laughs) I'm I'm very thirsty. (sighs) And I'm going to kick Rostin over and, uh, (laughs) and lift up his shirt. Okay. So he's on his back. And you're dropping the creature into. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna drop it. I'm gonna hold on to it in the forceps. Okay. And oh. you're, place, you're placing it inside his body. I mean, 
It's what the man who I killed said to do. Yeah, I mean, the, you're going to have to release it because until it burrows its way into his body, his his flesh isn't in that state where you can get the forceps in, at least not without cutting him open and gouging. Okay, well, can I, I'm going to try it first. <laughs> I'm going to try it first where the forceps That's keep just like... Poking <laughs> him really hard. <laughs> oh, God. But... Casper Brink, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> but eventually you do manage to get the creature into him. I'm going to wait until his eyes come back and then I'm going going right into his belly. Uh, Dr. Rothstein can gain uh, one uh, is uh, 10 points of power and 10 points of luck as this creature wriggles Fantastic. its way inside him. And yeah, I suppose with that, with that jolt of energy, you do start to come out of your fugue state. Oh my, I feel fantastic. Frederick Mellon is just screaming. I like to think the entire time this is happening. He's just, <laughs> let me, let me get a fresh set of eyes on these uh, knobs and stuff. Melon's still screaming. I was about to say, let's have a group luck roll to see what's happened with the containment while uh, Dr. Rothstein's been unconscious. But of course, we know what your group luck but roll then is. Then you remember it would we? be pointless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, as, as Dr. Rothstein is coming out of this fugue state, he can see, yeah, that this, this area of otherness is spreading and has, you know, it is now pushing up against where you are. And it looks like it's almost about to engulf your feet where you're lying on the ground. You can also see now that, yeah, all the smaller creatures have fled. And there is the shadow or the outline of something very large coming your way. The scream turns into, shut it off, shut it off, shut it off, shut it off! I jump up and shut it off. Yeah, as you're jumping up and trying to shut this off before whatever it is reaches you, let's have a dex roll to see whether you can do this nice and quickly. Can I try to help him up? I got a 13 on a 50. Oh. So, yeah. I whack your hand away from me and... You're helping a ghost, man. He's already gone. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I lean down and try to help him up when he's standing on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, I just flip the switch yeah and and i mean the rest of you can see that there yeah there is something just huge that is just beginning to move into the center of the room and just pushing beyond the bounds of the containment here and there's something that is reaching out towards you and then just all of a sudden the knife switch goes click and there's just the metal ring in the center of the room and the stone floor. <laughs> did did it did it work? Are we all here? Dolan is still dazed, right? Dolan is beginning to come out of it now. Y- you've got no memory of what's just happened. Yeah, you, I mean, one moment, you know, the, the tank was going over, and the next moment you're now sitting here and everyone's in different positions, and you're not really sure what happened. Dolan, are you with us? Uh, <clears throat> park the car. I'm not really sure. Uh, park the car. We park the car halfway down the driveway. It's facing out. That way we can get out quickly. <laughs> are they gone? Uh, did we? Did we do it? Uh, yeah, we've solved everything. 
But how do you like them apples? <laughs> oh, except for we don't have the two missing kids. You know, that was always going to be icing on the cake, I think. Yeah, we don't have the two missing kids. And also, I'm sure there's a lot of squeamy things out there in the woods that seem to uh, still be out there. There's that guy that's You can say squamous. I can't. Not on this not on this one. And um <laughs> And uh yeah, can't think of anything else uh left to do with anybody around here. We we will have to do this again, right? We're going to have yeah. to open the portal again to get for the things that are in Nancy and uh in and the, the town. Other, yeah. yeah, the other one and then the you know, that guy in the woods just seemed to be silly with him. So uh <laughs> We might just have to throw him all the way in there. Didn't we burn some, though? That's true. That's true. We, we yeah, could, we could just burn could that burn fellow him. alive. I honestly <laughs> don't think I want to take the risk of having that giant, giant thing at the end there. Did you see the, 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 and like words begin to fail him <laughs> as he really just has no idea how to describe what was reaching out there at the end right before yeah. it came down. You just see in his eyes like uh, the, the twinkle of constellations unknown. <laughs> I don't have any recollection of that, but if you saw some kind of terrible shadow moving towards you through the uh, thing, you know, presumably it would just move on. Like if we did it in 15 <laughs> minutes, I don't, you know, 20, you know, an hour. Is it still going to be waiting around for that portal it saw? No, it's going to be eating fishies <laughs> somewhere else. Do you guys think that we should uh, destroy this? Then, if we're gonna, if we're just gonna burn the remaining ones, should we should we destroy this machine? Yeah. Are we on team? Burn the remaining ones? No, we keep the machine. It's very. Uh, I might make use of it. Uh. <laughs> I mean, re- re- to re- repurpose it. In what way, Doc? Uh, I won't. It will be safe. Hmm. I don't know if we can trust this thing existing. I mean, we've seen what it can do. That's that's. There's no way that that can be used for good, right? Ultimately, it should absolutely be destroyed. I'm just saying, are we done destroying things with it? We should probably at least look at the lights in the house, right? Well, we gotta go check out the lights in the house. We got. We still gotta uh, find the kids. We gotta find Billy and Esther. Yeah, and the closer. How did you wake me up? How did you make me feel so good? <laughs> Uh, you just kind of snapped out of it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, well, yep, what? nothing left to do there. <laughs> well, great. No, I'm just kidding. Lay down. What? <laughs> I want you to lay down, lift up your shirt, and then I want you to l- do not look. Do not look down. I immediately lift my shirt up and look. <laughs> okay. If you're going to. Uh, Did it eat its way look, inside me? Don't press. Don't don't you dare press I, your fingers pressed, right above your belly I button. I press my finger right above my <laughs> belly button. Okay, and and your fingers sink right through your skin into your flesh. There's no ripping or tearing of the flesh. It's just like putting your fingers into a bowl of warm oatmeal. <laughs> oh, I immediately pull my hand out and I'm like, go ghost white <laughs> and flick the oatmeal off. <laughs> yeah, let's have, let's, let's have a sanity roll for that, as you have just probed the inside of your own abdomen. I got a sixty-nine, a fail. So that's going to be a D four san. Did you say sixty-nine? Yeah. Do we do we want to tell Scott about a really immature house rule? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is that that's a crit success. <laughs> yeah, usually I'm happy to see that number, but... <laughs> I'm not gonna force Scott to roll with our 69 as a critical success <laughs> house rule. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, I, I am happy to. Well, when in Rome, I, I shall, I shall embrace the 69. When in Rome, 69. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in which case, yeah, you, you don't lose any San. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, just trying to get 30 minutes of silence to really get the noise. <laughs> Quiet meditation time. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry, I had uh, I had a bunch of fans going that I had to go turn off. <laughs> okay, well then let's get 30 seconds of silence from Thomas because uh, it'll way over compress if it's trying to cut out the fans that are no longer there. You guys can talk though, right? Yeah, but you can't. Can we get a, a verbal confirmation that you understand? <laughs> Without Thomas able to talk, is there a point in the rest of us speaking to each other? Can't think of any. Well, n- not apart from to taunt Thomas, but... Uh. <laughs> Anyone got any good taunts? <laughs> you look like you can't swim. I can swim. I can swim. I've put on a lot of weight lately, though, so you could. Let's see, you could float better. No, just that's a place you guys could go. (laughs) Dude, there was a. uh, I'm ashamed to start a story with this, but there was a TikTok the other day that I saw. But it's this this guy. Don't be ashamed to. Yeah, considering your your internet culture consumption, that could have been like a billion times worse. Oh yeah. (laughs) But uh, it's this guy just like messing with his brother. He's like, dude, you just look like you like have never bowled a strike. And he's like, (laughs) just like gets irrationally upset, like arguing. He's like, dude, I have my own ball. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Just getting really mad, and I'm like, that is a hilarious insult. Like, did you see Thomas's eyes were darting around? He was trying to remember if he'd ever. I don't. The I don't know if I have. Sure. I don't bowl that often. Um, I don't think I've bowled a strike in my adult life. You, you have. I was there, and it was oh, cool. because it, we we were all bowling, and you asked Ben to give you a tip, and he told you about the bringing the hand up and touching the ear, and the very next ball you rolled was a strike, and we all were like, Ben knows how to bowl and knows how to teach people how to bowl. <laughs> that wow, you're telling me I just had to touch my ears this whole time. He's a teacher now, which is great, but yeah. I don't. I have never remembered that tip, so he's probably not a good I, one. I, I, I'm assuming you let go of the ball, the ball before touching your ear, because otherwise that's going to smart, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. That that would <laughs> hurt. That would hurt quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, you actually bowl then, best with a concussion. So that's the. <laughs> so actually, my high game. I was on pain medication and wearing a boot on my ankle because I had like fractured a bone in my oh, foot. God. But my family still decided that our outing that Saturday was going to be bowling. Now, like Zach, you can you can do it. I bet. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I like would waddle up and I bowled seven strikes in a row to start off the game. Oh, wow. Nice. Incredible. Hell yeah. I don't remember it all exactly, but I do remember I left a couple open frames there. Upsetting. So, so the secret <laughs> to good bowling is to be smacked off your tits. Yep. yep. I think that's about right. right. That's the takeaway for sure. That is not what touch I found to be true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my highest I ever bowled was a 202. I had to go to Instagram to look because I was so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That That is good. Yeah, that's really good. My high game was 247, but my previous high game was like 160. So nice. I've never bowled oh, wow. in between 160 and 247. <laughs> that's crazy. When I worked at the order, I picked up some, some tips from Jake that made me a much better bowler, and it made it really fun. It's fun to be good at something. <laughs> fun to play it when you're good at it. But he taught me how to do the like spinny curve throw. Game changer. Plus it's way more fun to do it that way. When you get the hang of it that it does it feels really good when you get the spin mm-hmm. thing working. Yeah. And you can just like I just throw the ball at the pans. <laughs> that's a good strategy. As long as you knock them all down. You gotta just touch your ear and that's what I've always said. <laughs> so um we so Luke, run it back for we, us. We um we went to the house. We did. Mm. Uh, to the house. What was the house called? The house. Yeah, we've talked about this while you were on the line. The home who must not and be it's named. The name of the scenario. <laughs> Bleak. Oh, prospect. Yes. <laughs> I. Yep. Th- good. Uh, I was just testing you guys to see if <laughs> you remembered that there was a name for it. We went to Prospect. Good thing we passed. Yeah, otherwise I would have refused to do the rest of the recap. (laughs) (laughs) So we went to Prospect uh, after... Before before we went there, though, we... uh, The slugs escaped, right? (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) We went back to the... um, Not the... Like the camp or whatever. The Herbert town. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Are they called Hoover Towns because they suck? Hooverville. <laughs> I love vacuum humor. And then we went to the house. We did some sort of portal, uh, broke a fish tank. There's a monkey. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be... I mean, I'm probably going to edit this out for sure. But especially because this will be in the same episode as what just happened. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. Because we're coming in in the middle of an episode here. But I, 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 th- I think we'd left it that you just you know, sort of finished everything that you, you wanted to do in the laboratory and that your plan now was to go to the main house and see whether you could find out what had happened to the kids. Right. I remember, if nothing else, that the kids were our next plan of attack. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go <laughs> attack those kids. <laughs> Well, it is now fully dark outside, 
There is, however, some light because when you switch the generators on, you switched on some lights within Prospect itself. There isn't a lot of light coming out. It's not like every light in the place is now blazing, but there are a few. Now, you're around the side of the building at the moment, so you're pretty much equidistant from both the front and the back entrances. With the new lights on, do we see any movement or signs of mm. life in within the house? Yeah, there is a light on upstairs, a fairly faint one. You don't see any movement, but the window... Yeah, the window looks a bit weird from down here. It looks like it's got perhaps some strangely coloured curtains across it. Some very moist-looking curtains. Uh. (laughs) I've seen a lot of curtains in my day, but none that look... Oh, is that... You can tell they're thick and heavy with moisture. Yeah, but are they thick and heavy like cloth is thick and heavy when it's got moisture on it? Or is it more thick and heavy like he's an older gentleman. Uh, Let's say he's got that like turkey neck thing going on. So he just kind of grabs it as gobbler (laughs) and he's like, or is it more like, and he just starts kind of shaking around the like part by his Adam's apple, just kind of violently making a Uh, kind of a wet slapping noise of the skin against his Adam's apple. uh, Skin draperies. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the answer really is neither. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it doesn't quite seem to be either of those things. I've I've seen a lot of a lot of skin in my in my time as as a doctor. That doesn't look like skin curtains to me. I don't know why you would have floated that. That's kind of an out there thing to kind of jump to. Doctor Combs, I'm kind of losing it. A little bit, obviously. What's your first name? For some reason, I can't remember. It's Doc out here, Doc, and it's hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, it's Nathaniel. You, you, really, you really couldn't remember that. Let me, let me take a look at you. Are you, are you did, did you get hit? Are, are, are you all right? It feels like months have passed between the last moment we saw each other and now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I wonder if I'll have the same accent. <laughs> it, it sounds, sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if it's not my turkey neck that's hung up in the windows, then I feel a little bit safer going in there. Doctor, now that you've told me that you've seen skin, that ain't skin, then yeah, okay. Are we going in the front or the back? Because they might expect us in the back, because if we're supposed to be sneaky, then we would go in the back, right? And they clearly know something's up because we turned on the power. What about a window? What's it about? Yeah. God damn it, I was doing you. Um, yeah, Avento. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea, Luke. Why don't we look for a window down here? <laughs> Thank you. One thing I was going to say, though, is Dr. Coombs can attempt a spot hidden role, actually, because unlike the others, you have a bit of medical knowledge that you can draw upon here that might help. I will give it a shot. I pass. Oh shit! I don't pass. It's a Fuck. twenty-seven on a twenty-five. You could spend two points of luck. I ain't got no luck, boys. That was one of the things that happened last session. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> shit. Does that mean our You've reminded Scott group mm. luck rolls are now at zero? Yes. <laughs> yep. Auto fail. <laughs> 
<laughs> guess who's about to call for a luck roll? <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't matter if I spend some of my precious 13 points anymore because uh, it can't <laughs> affect the group. Can I help him with that role? You can't. With some of my luck? Or? No, no, you can't. But what I will say is that, and it's difficult to tell what you're looking at through that window upstairs, because there's condensation on the inside of the window, and there's definitely something obfuscating the view. But, yeah, there's something about the colour and the texture of what you're looking at in the window that is just tickling the back of your brain. But you just can't get a good enough view to to really work out what it is. There, there's something up with, with with what's going on in that window up there. It, it, I, I don't think it's skin, but it, there, there's something odd about it. It uh, It's tickling the back of my brain. It's fucking kooky, that's for sure. Look at the colour of it. I, I prefer not to. <laughs> I don't want to look at this thing at all. I don't know if it's kooky or spookier, but I think we should be looking for a window that doesn't have these sort of abnormally wet These kooky, spooky curtains. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe it's a fluky curtain, too, and there's more that don't have them. Are there any windows uh, on the bottom floor that don't have the spooky curtains? Thanks, Luke. (laughs) There certainly are. The windows are shuttered, but it wouldn't take much to pry the shutters away. Yeah, if you head round the side of the building a little bit, you can see that there are yeah, a few windows at Grand Devil here that you could investigate. Hey, guys, I found one. Okay, but like, do we even have a plan? Uh, get inside. Yeah, but what happens when we get inside? We save the kids, QAnon. <laughs> Explore, saves the kids get out what if we run into trouble we are the storm (laughs) we made a portal already today so we can do anything i like this guy's optimism (laughs) we can't do anything we put our mind to doc you're absolutely right let's let's get in here let's save these fucking kids uh let's find a goddamn window we can open i start trying to pry the boards off the window Okay. Well, it's not boarded up. It's, uh, like I say, shutters, which have largely rusted in place. But, yeah, you don't don't really need to make a roll or anything. There's a bit of creaking and graunching as you pull these rusted shutters away. And there is some light on inside. You can see that you're looking into a room. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's obviously a room. But... The walls are covered with wallpaper or paint of some description that is glistening, that it's sort of reddish purple, and there's liquid trickling down it. Maybe we see if uh, another room in this house isn't quite so uh, kooky and spooky. This one seems to have a lot of the same vibes as that uh, the the moist curtains. Now we already spent the uh, the volume. You know, when you're breaking into a house, you really want to only break in through one place. That way, they, uh, you know, if they hear you coming in through the first place, then they wouldn't be able to. Uh, <laughs> Frederick, are you okay? You're I really yeah. <laughs> No, it's really. Is early it really in the early morning. for you? <laughs> <laughs> let me let, let me help you up into the window, and I I like offer him my hands to step into. 
<laughs> Zach's tired, so if we just suggest things for his character, we can kind of we can nice. kind of canary him through all these doors. Here I go through the window. Okay, well, the window frame. You, you looking at it, you don't think it's locked, but when you try pushing the uh, the, the sash window up. There's resistance, and as you do so, there's a sort of noise, and there's something sort of wet and rubbery around the bottom of it that just pulls the window back down as you pull it up. And just for a moment, you get a blast of warm, moist air come out that fogs in the cold air. And there's a smell to it. Maybe not an entirely repellent smell, but yeah, there, there's certainly some nasty undertones to it, but mostly it's is kind of warm and moist and meaty. This goddamn house is fucking alive. <laughs> <laughs> the squelching stuff that brought it back down mm. is... Was it was it literally there? If we had oh, if we had a knife or something, could we could we could we cut it yeah. away? Yeah, I mean, looking at it, I mean, it, it perhaps reminds you a little bit of kind of bubble gum, maybe. Does a uh, does anybody have a knife? We could we could we can cut our way in here. No, but my fingers are due for bubble gum. This is just like some nasty smelling bubble gum that they're trying to keep the windows closed. So that I, it's it's a weird sort of way. I've never seen a house like this with a security system that uses bubble gum on the exterior of the interior of all the rooms to try to keep everything closed. But I figure I, I could chew it away probably. Guys, two things. One, I think we obviously let Freddy keep volunteering for all this uh, all this dangerous shit. <laughs> but then two, Freddy... Uh, I love your enthusiasm. Maybe go back to your original plan of the hands not just eating the bubble gum. Because I don't think that's bubble gum. But also, hey, why don't you use my knife? Uh, so, Frederick Mellon the first takes the knife and will uh, open up the window once more. And as he slowly opens it up, he'll slide the blade uh, just in between the window and the, the threshold and just kind of like slide it along. Slide is probably optimistic. It is more hacking. Ah, yes. Well, Frederick Mellon the first is nothing if not optimistic. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a hack. I thought you were too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You, with a bit of elbow grease here, you can gouge away, and there is fluid now bubbling down over the edge of the windowsill, and inside the house. You can hear what sounds like a creaking, groaning sound coming from deep within. And just for a moment, the wall shakes and trembles. After you, Freddy. I'm in. (laughs) It's going, it's going. As you cut the last of it away, or you get the window up, you can climb in. Uh, What I do want is not a climb roll, but just a dex roll, I think just to see how gracefully you can do this because what you realize as you're clambering through is everything inside is slippery as fuck extreme success i rolled a 12 
on a 65. Fantastic. Nice. Uh, nice. Okay, then, yeah, despite the fact that you're coming in on what is a window ledge and then there's maybe a few bits jutting out of the floor that once upon a time were furniture but are now again covered with this pulsating pinkish purple stuff. I mean, despite that, you manage to land on your feet and not slip over. The The floor, the floor is also covered with all of this, plus a few inches of fluid. Yeah, it is incredibly slippery. Hey, uh, guys, it's like an ice skating rink in here. <laughs> now that you're inside and can get a good look at all you this... You gotta be really careful. I, I would like a sanity roll. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're in the meat house. 62 on a 64. Okay. Nice. Then, yeah, you don't lose any. Uh, it's just a very wet, uh, very squelchy, very slippery room. Completely normal. Thomas, doc, 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 doc. <laughs> can, can you hear anything from, from where you are? Yeah, I can hear groaning coming from deep within the house. It doesn't sound like missing children, but... And then he just kind of shrugs his shoulders... <laughs> If you wanted to try to discern more than that, you could give me a listen roll. Give me a second. I'm going to try to discern more than that. Uh, I rolled a 67 on a 50. Oh, okay. So that's a fail. But he is going to, like... <laughs> he He's going to try to slide across the room as quietly as possible to hear better. Because if he's further away from the three men uh, and the outside, he might be able to... To hear better, he pushes himself yeah. along oh, okay. uh, the room. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can push the roll here. Ah, fail. No! <laughs> well, I, as, as you're pushing your way across the floor to try to find somewhere quieter away from the others, you hit a bit of the floor, which I, it, it wasn't obvious because it's all covered with this membranous whatever it is but there's a bit where you suddenly realize as you reach it that the wood underneath or the flooring underneath has rotted away and you work this out just as your foot goes straight through it with this sort of wet ripping sound and the next thing you know you're up to your waist in the floor and desperately scrabbling holding on trying to hold on to this this wet slippery surface as you are falling or slipping through this hole in the floor from down below you you can smell this indescribable stench there are acid acrid vapors coming up burning your eyes and this overpowering smell like 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 the worst septic tank you've ever smelt down below oh god help 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 oh, oh, oh god oh god guys 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 while we're still all outside do we help him or do we just leave him here <laughs> you're a doctor you you've got to help him I've, 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 I've got to get in there i gotta get in there give me a boost give me a boost you're a doctor too not that kind of doctor <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you can push Dr. Coombs in through the window. Again, you know, if you're going to try to avoid just sliding around helplessly, I do want a dex roll. For sure. I fa- uh, fail. Push it. <laughs> but I, I want... Yeah. 
when I get up, I get um, a hand on on something firm, and my hand just slips right off. <laughs> oh, damn! Ah! Yeah. And I'm kind of I'm kind of wiggling, rolling through, and I'm gonna try and restabilize myself by grabbing hold of the window frame and and getting a better purchase on everything there. Okay. And that I pass. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> because Ooh, that, that thank God. Otherwise, that was going to set off a motherfucker of a chain reaction. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But, okay, yes, you managed to grab hold of something that, yeah, from the general shape of it, you think might be a chair, and certainly your fingers go through a couple of things that you hope are are wooden struts and not, say, ribs. But, yeah, holding on to it, you manage to get yourself onto your feet, and you can see Freddy just about five feet away from you, just slowly slipping down this hole, his fingernails digging into this wet tissue, ripping holes in it. But it's just so slippery, he's just falling down in slow motion, inch by inch. I want to try and anchor myself on the nearest solid object and reach for him. It might be the frame of the window if that's if it's if it's all. If he's grabbing the frame of the window, I want to grab his arm from the outside. Okay. Hold on. To yeah, it. yeah, you can try to do that. How tall up is like the window? Uh, it's about three foot off the ground from within, and about five foot off the ground from outside. So I'm I'm kind of reaching up and just trying to hold on to his hand. Okay. I, I think in order to give Freddy something to hold on to, just because of the distance involved, you know, the best thing you're going to be able to do is stick your leg out and hope that he can grab hold of your ankle. Freddy! Freddy, grab on! Grab on! Then, yeah, I think Freddy can make a dex roll here to see whether he can grab hold of Dr. Coombs's ankle. Because otherwise, shit is going to get real. Oh, yes. 52. <laughs> On a 65. Okay, yeah. Nice. You, you just managed to grab hold of the cuff of his rather frayed trousers. And you know, your fingers have got a firm grasp. And you can just, you can pull yourself up, you know, using it almost like a rope. And there's this horrible wet squelching sound as you're pulling yourself out of this hole. And more of this hideous, hideous stench coming up. Oh, look at my pants. <laughs> All right, let's let's get them both out of there, guys. Call, help me help me pull them out. I grab on to Thomas's waist and try to yank him out. We gotta go deeper. When Freddy's close enough up onto me, I grab him up under the arms and kind of just tumble backwards out of the window with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between you, you can get him back out through the window. Uh, he is absolutely covered in just slime and bits of tissue and not much different from his normal appearance (laughs) (laughs) or me in seventh grade (laughs) dr coombs i i think can make an education role here just to piece something together Pass twenty four on an eighty, so that's a that's the that's a good pass. <laughs> yeah, that that is what we call a good pass. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the pass right before Easter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as as you know, Freddy's picking bits of this tissue off himself and you get a better look through the light that's coming out through the window 
yeah, you can see there is something very much about this that reminds you of the lining of the large intestine. <laughs> F- fellas, I don't, I don't know how to, how to say this. Uh, that- then maybe keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> No, we gotta know. This this all looks. It looks like it. Uh, it's 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 the stuff that you use. It's it's an it's intestine. It it might have been trying to digest you in some way. I don't. I fucking knew it. The, the house is alive. It's a goddamn monster house written by Dan Harmon. <laughs> this is this is a lot bigger than we thought, boys. Is there like a groundskeeping garage or or home or anything, boys? Here's what I think we gotta do before we get back into the house: is uh, we gotta put some hobnails on our boots. So I I mm. literally just want to find nails to mm. to run through our shoes. We're gonna take our shoes off first, though, right? Well, yeah, you're gonna take the shoes off because you don't want to drive them through your feet. Good point, Freddy. Okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's important to be clear uh, when delineating uh, a task. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to take your shoes off. Step one. Step two, you drive the nails through the bottom of the shoes. Step three, you got sticky shoes. I love it. And then I think we could walk through this house uh, with more ease. What if we also become, like, what What would an intestine not like? I could do some research on but uh, houses generally like to eat and then what they think is gross and then we become what is gross to them so it does not want to eat us. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, guys. When when the body uh, ingests something that is gross to it, it expels it. So I don't think we want to be f- uh, vomited out forcibly by this, by this house. So we want to be tasty? I think we want to be... I think we want to be as, as, uh, as inconspicuous as possible. Can a house be in Devore? <laughs> this house is 100% in Devore. We know it just tried to eat you. You heard it groaning and creaking as it happened? Come on. <laughs> this is a disgusting Vore house. <laughs> uh, Scott, the Good Friends of Jackson Elias podcast is a podcast about Vore gaming in general. Is that yes, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> We, we wear our fetishes proud. <laughs> hungry, hungry hippos really changed your life. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, if you're looking for nails to hammer through your shoes, uh, if you poke around the outside of the house a bit, you can find... I mean, there, there are a couple of other outbuildings just around the back. In fact really just around the corner from where you are now that have got all sorts of tools uh, well, a tool shed and a workshop um, that's obviously used for some maintenance Rope? Rope. Hmm I think this would be a good opportunity for a group luck roll (laughs) Go (laughs) Well we can't Okay Joe, come on, roll it Roll your luck, Joe (laughs) You got it it's a, uh, a oh, uh, it's a eighty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> you can still crit fail. <laughs> so there is some rope, but it is really badly rotted. You'd think that it wouldn't stand any chance of supporting one of your weights. Well, then it's a good thing there's a hose right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see it too. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, as, as long as that rubber hasn't perished, you'll be fine. But we'll save the luck roll on that one for when you're actually in trouble. <laughs> it's a little... <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I was just picturing the four of us all tied together like ice, like mountain climbers. (laughs) With the hobnails in our shoes, our lifeline, which is this crackly dry hose. (laughs) And then just like any random tools I think uh, would be necessary. Yeah, hammers, saws. Gasoline. Cutting implements in particular I think would be handy. We could burn the house down. I'd like to see if there's a a very long uh, flat blade screwdriver yeah i mean there, there are going to be screwdrivers here i won't make you make a luck roll for that it's a workshop there, there'll be screwdrivers as far as the gasoline's concerned i mean you do remember there were drums of diesel out by the generator that's right i actually i mean dr rothstein would probably know this just through having worked with stuff like this before if you're looking to set a fire, diesel is a really shit thing to use. Yeah, so I don't even mention it to the rest of the group. If only we had some of that sweet, sweet leaded gasoline around. <laughs> a cup a day keeps that's, the doctor away. Yeah, <laughs> that's a joke because lead it tastes sweet and there wasn't unleaded gasoline yet. So, Oh, dude, that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it was. <laughs> I knew Scott got it. I just saw you guys like. (laughs) So now that you're all lashed together with perished hose and have nails through your boots, what are you doing next? Freddie, can you can you think back when you were when you were being devoured? Did you uh, did you notice that was there any place in that in that house that wasn't wasn't fleshy? Was there any hardwoods anywhere? Ah, you saw what I saw. Just to give you some idea of what you saw just before you you sort of started falling through the floor, there were at least three other doors, or at least three doors, rather, in that room. There was one that was ajar. Um, In fact, no, two of them were ajar, but two internal doors. One of them seemed to go deeper within the house, possibly into a corridor. And yeah, that looked almost as flashy. There was another door, which you reckon was just the back door leading outside. Mm. We could just go through the, the back door. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I guess we could just open that door and look inside and see what we think. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot less life-threatening than our first approach. Uh, what order are we in in, in our hose train? Oh, God, marching order? <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> okay. Well, someone's going to have to go in first. It may as well be the one with Foist in their name. <laughs> That's me. I'm Frederick Mellon the Foist. Exactly. I, uh, no objections. But right now, I feel more like Frederick Mellon the Moist. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So just to be clear, you're going in through the back door. You're you're not going around the front. Yeah. I mean, opening up the back door, again, isn't that difficult. You do have to get the knife out and cut some of these strands of, of flesh away from the door frame. But the door itself isn't locked. And, you know, once again, with a sort of squelching noise, you manage to pull it open. And, yeah, inside you can see... What What do you now reckon must be the kitchen? 
I mean, it's difficult to tell because, you know, every identifying bit of furniture or surface or whatever is covered in flesh. But, as I said, there, there are two doors. There's a sort of side door that looks like it may go to some steps down. And then there's another door that's going deeper into the house. Yeah, actually, I I mean, I forgot to do this for Dr. Coombs earlier. Now that the rest of you are there on the doorstep within the house dealing with, you know, everything, the sensory overload that this is providing, I do want sand rolls off the rest of you, everyone except for Freddy. Three. Uh, I failed a 40 on a 28. Oof. Okay. I passed. So it's just Dr. Coombs who loses a D3 of San. A two. So <laughs> I, I think what the way this evidence is, is an involuntary action is, as the group of you are uh, stepping in, Dr. Coombs is just there hesitating on the doorstep with the, the frayed hose suddenly getting pulled taut and creaking a bit. <laughs> you, you can see some of the cracks in it getting that bit longer as, as he's just standing there digging the nails of his shoes into this flesh. <laughs> I, I told you guys that I think this might be a digestive tract, and you guys just want to walk in. Well, but it seemed like he was getting digested down there on the floor, right? This would be the upper part of the body. I mean, essentially, all the body just exists to support digestion. So, you know, we're basically just a tube from our mouth to our asshole. But <laughs> that's what they taught us, correct? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's what any doctor would tell you. Day one in medical school. <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, I understand you had a traumatic experience the last time you entered this property, but we got the, the nails in our shoes now, and I, I step a couple times into the into the floor to see if I slip. You don't. See, uh, no more slipping, no more sliding. We can maybe, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to go up to that fucking creepy moist curtain and check out the light in that room. But it seems like we have the tools to do that now without uh, getting sucked in by the floor. We got the hose. We're all holding hands. We're just like kernels of corn. Uh, we just go straight through uh, unbothered. <laughs> That's exactly right, Doctor. I live my life by three rules and three rules only. Take chances. Make mistakes. Get messy. And I, I, my three rules are live, laugh, and love. And you got it's just time to live, Dr. Coombs. I love you. <laughs> we're gonna laugh about this later. Laughing. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna laugh about this later. So, I, I, uh, I, I, I uh, corn. Sure, we're like we're like corn. Yeah, we're well, corn. That's we're, the we're, one that works. We're, we're, we're tracer food. I, yeah, of course. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And with that, you you start heading in. So you're going through into, yeah, this little corridor that's got a door on the other side uh, and then seems to go round to your left. I continue. Yeah, if you're following the corridor round, on your... Oh, perfect. <laughs> Zach has changed his background. <laughs> Zoom background, yeah, to the magic school bus inside the human body. <laughs> Take chances, make mistakes, 
get messy. (laughs) (laughs) As you're following the corridor around, the walls are getting less flashy around here, but the carpet is still very, very moist. There's still a kind of constant (laughs) as you're walking across it. And you come across and you can see you know, in the few lights that are coming around that to your left is probably the ruins of an old conservatory. Round to the right is the sort of main entrance with staircases up, uh, the ruins of the front door and doorways to a couple of other interior rooms. Can we do another like... Uh, gauging the sound and everything, just taking our surroundings one more time around here. See if there's anything sure. that's changed now that we're deeper in. Uh, yeah, in fact, if each one of you wants to give me a, I'll tell you what, I'll let you choose either a listen or a spot hidden roll. Uh, they'll t- they'll tell you different things. I'm taking a spot hidden, and I failed. Uh, Thirty-five on a twenty-five. Failed. <laughs> I got a nine on a spot hidden. I did uh, a hard success on a listen. Okay, so you pick up two different things. What Thomas feels is, yeah, there is movement of the air in the house. Uh, For a moment, you thought it was like a breeze coming in through the front door, but it's not that. That the movement of the air seems to change direction on a slow, regular basis. Like, <laughs> like, um, like breath. Hmm. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what Freddy notices with his listen roll is that, yeah, it's like what you heard earlier. There is a sound coming from upstairs, a sort of rasping, groaning sound. I mean, it's difficult to discern because it's so low. Uh, it's almost infrasound. It's rumbling through the house. But you you reckon it is originating upstairs. I mean, I think we got to go upstairs to that flush curtain room. If we've learned one thing, it's that when you enter a house and you hear something upstairs... You got to go up to the bedroom and kill the sleeping occupant. <laughs> you got to go up to the bedroom and kill the sleeping occupant. Yes, exactly. That's what tonight has taught us. Do we do we feel like that worked well for us last time? Is that is that the, the yeah I think hypothesis so. we're standing on there? Okay, gotcha. He's dead, isn't he? Is this something like a is this a saying that there is or um, yeah <laughs> yeah ah I have not heard that one. You're not from around here. Don't worry about it. Mm. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's just Let's like go. what they say: kill the sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, w- w- with with a with a song in your heart and murder on your mind, you you, you make your way up the stairs. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got this, guys. <laughs> yeah, is your fiddle wet? <laughs> yeah, can I give us bardic inspiration? <laughs> Uh, well, again, the carpet of the stairs going up is is moist. Uh, and when you get up to the landing, well, there are a few doors. I mean, they, there's you know, short corridors going off on the other side. But you're fairly certain 
you know, off the back of the rolls you made earlier, that the main movement of the air is coming through the double doors of what you assume is the master bedroom directly in front of you. All right. On the backs of the rolls that we had earlier, I'm fairly certain... What? ...that the air is pushing in and out through these double doors, which is likely the master bedroom. This is my whisper, so we're all keeping our voices down. We're going to all go in two by two, right? Double doors. They can fit two by two. So I say we push in. Double doors wide open. We could all we could all just rush through that. It's two Double doors. Double doors wide open. Two doors. Four men. One rush. How many doors down? <laughs> <laughs> what would Neil Pert do is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Die. <laughs> he was sleeping. All right, so well, let's um, let's rush in there. Okay, you rush in. There is a single flickering light in the ceiling here. Um, it's not giving off much light, and yeah, it, it keeps cutting out. Obviously, the moisture has got into the works, and it's just flickering on and off. But you can make out that there. Again, the walls here are disturbingly fleshy. It's not the same color. It doesn't look like the same kind of tissue as you saw downstairs. It's, it's something different. It's pulsating. There is on the far wall this... Well, I guess the only word for it is orifice. This pulsating hole in the wall, this large hole, and you can see something worm-like moving around inside it. How big? Huge. I mean, like, larger than any one of you. Does it look like it's sticking out like a tongue, or...? I mean, it's not sticking out entirely, but, yeah, now, now that your mind has made the connection with the tongue, that is absolutely a tongue. You see what I'm saying, boys? <laughs> Mouth to asshole. That's all we are. That's all this monster house is. <laughs> and, and I think I think that is a good chance for another sand roll here. Particularly, you know, at yeah. that point, you can hear this rumbling <laughs> sound coming out of the hole. I got an 88. I got a 94. The rumbling sound coming out of the hole seems to be saying, Rothstein... Oh, 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 shit. Uh, I'm fucking sorry, Carl. <laughs> Are you acquainted with this goddamn monster house? <laughs> uh, 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 did anyone pass their sand roll? Not me. I okay, so each one of you Not loses me. a D6 of sand. Oh, my God. I rolled a big old sixers. I got a six as well. <laughs> I got a four. And what about Freddy? Oh, I passed. I got a 19 on my sand check. Oh, you passed. So so, so you still lose one. Okay. Okay, for the two of you who lost six, can I have intelligence rolls, please? Uh, I failed that one also, a 65 on a 60. I passed, okay. 37 on a 70. Dr. Coombs failed. So, sorry, Correct. did you yeah. say you failed your intelligence roll? That's good. You're not having a bat and badness. Dr. Rothstein, on the other hand, is... I think, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. total sense. Just heard your name. <laughs> I think at that point, Dr. Rothstein, in blind panic, runs 
just runs out of the room. Suddenly, that rope that you've got is, well, rather the hose, is stretched taut. And, well, we've already established you're not going to pass a group luck roll here. So that's the point at which it just snaps. This frayed rubber just just snaps completely. And the rest of you, as you stumble and fall as this jerks, just lose Rothstein as he runs off somewhere within the house. You, you, you don't see where he's gone. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From from a role-playing perspective, we would definitely want to go after him. But from a, a game gamey perspective where we are trapped inside this monster house that wants to eat us, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what's the answer there? Because I don't know. Well, I, I don't want to say what I'm... Never mind. Fuck him. <laughs> I don't want to give Luke or the DM any ideas, so I'm not going <laughs> to continue ah. my sentence. Holy shit, we got to get him, boys. <laughs> Coombs, I think, is is distracted through all this by the fact that the mouth, the wall tongue mouth has just spoken. Mm. And he's going to kind of look wide-eyed at it and say, "You, you can, you can, you can talk. You can talk." Mm. <laughs> and the, I mean, the, the, the voice again just the, it takes a deep breath in that just moves all the air suddenly quite fast through the room around you enough to ruffle your hair this time it just says a bit louder Rothstein help me how how can how can Rothstein help you? How, how, we got we got to get Carl back in here. He 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 could help. It sounds like. Well, I think you're doing a great job right now talking to the, you know, Volhouse. <laughs> so like, uh, that's definitely uh, uh, Austin Hawks, right? Like Sedgwick turned Hawks into a fucking house. So let's uh, keep talking to him, I guess, and let's get some answers. Are did, did you hear that house house mouth? That's that, are you are you Austin? I'm less worried about if you're Austin Hawks, and I'm more worried about how we can help you. That too. Yep. I'd like to know the answer to both, please. But you're talking so slow. I think we don't have time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it after another deep breath, it just goes, Rothstein, and this time the walls shake. All right, all right, we'll get him, we'll get him, we'll get him. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Carl! <laughs> okay, uh, can I have a luck roll for Dr. Rothstein, please? <laughs> a 94? <laughs> so I fail. Okay. So, yeah, you basically, at this stage, obviously just running off the memory you had, run back out through the way you came back in. But in your panic, you have clearly forgotten about that hole in the floor. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes. So you sort of come out of your, your fugue state. Uh, yeah, as, as your foot just goes down through this hole and you, you're off balance, you've gone down, you slammed your face down into this pulsating warm flesh at the floor and 
Again, you're in a very similar situation that Freddy was earlier, of just beginning to slip down this hole. Down below, you can hear this, I mean, as well as this horrible smell, you can hear just this dripping liquid and the sound of liquid moving around. And you could give me a listen roll as well, just to see whether you can pick up something else. Fail. 33 on a 20. No, you can, you can hear, you can hear, like I say, liquid moving around. But spend your luck. <laughs> uh, not yet. I'm not going to spend my luck yet. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, don't spend your luck while you're being eaten alive by the house. <laughs> yeah. Not for a listen roll. <laughs> On the other hand, I mean, you, you can hear that there is something else down there. I mean, yeah, maybe if you just let yourself slide down a bit further, you could push the roll and <laughs> get, get a better listen. Yep. <laughs> nope, a 35 on a 20 this time. Okay. Oh my God, you idiot. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> This makes me so happy. <laughs> so in the process of doing that, there is <laughs> suddenly, I mean, you put your head underneath and yeah, you do actually at that point hear what it is that, that you were struggling to, which is just the sound of someone crying. It, it sounds like a, a little girl crying somewhere inside. Uh, somewhere down below and and yeah I mean as you strain your head down just to get a better a, a better lock on where she is that's the point at which just the remaining bit of the floor holding you up collapses and you fall down into darkness yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is a real Hannah Montana moment <laughs> for me because I really wanted to know what was down there but I really didn't want Frederick Mellon the first to fall down there and I really got the best of both worlds <laughs> out of this I, the whole time I'm like I don't, I'm not familiar with Hannah Montana enough to, to know yeah this is it going. took me I was like <laughs> You really brought it together at the end there. And really, at the uh, with a story like this, it's not about uh, how fast you get there or what's waiting on the other side, but it's the climb. <laughs> I think this house needs a wrecking ball. <laughs> uh, party in the USA. <laughs> hey! <laughs> You can't knock down the worst big old Vorehouse in Crawley. <laughs> Her godmother is Dolly Parton. Uh, okay. Right. I was wondering where we got to Dolly. <laughs> I was like, are we just saying things associated with musicians? 